This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus, and I pray that everybody is having a wonderful day, and we're excited about what God's doing. We can see God working by His Spirit. We've had several great home prayer meetings since we were with you last time, and we've got several more coming up this week. I'm telling you, when God speaks and you act on His Word, then God will reveal Himself in a way we've never seen Him before. But as I was in prayer this week, the Lord began to deal with me about our nation and about what was going on in our nation. And I am truly troubled at the state of the mindset of people in America. It's like a demonic force has moved in and it is beginning to take over the minds, especially of our youth. And we need God to raise a standard. And I want to go <coughs> to the Word of God, to Joshua, the 24th chapter, in the 14th and 15th verse. And I know these are very familiar scriptures to some people. But this is what the Lord put in my spirit in prayer this week. Now from Joshua 24 and verse 14, Joshua was instructing the people because he knew he was fixing to die. He knew that he wouldn't be around a whole lot longer, and he was instructing the people what to do after his passing. And Joshua says here in verse 14 of chapter 24, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. You would think after all the children of Israel went through and had been through and 40 years in the wilderness and then however many more years that Joshua had led them over Jordan and they had conquered uh all the lands of uh, Jordan had conquered most of what God had promised them and inherited the land of Cana that people would not have any trouble turning from a true and a living God that had done so many great and mighty miracles. I mean, you look what he done under Moses out in the wilderness. All the plagues of Egypt, then they came out of the wilderness, he parted the Red Sea, and then he brought the manna down, and brought quail in, and brought water out of the rock, and all these miracles under Moses, and then Joshua with the parting of the river of Jordan, and the, the uh, causing the sun to stand still, and the moon to stand still, and the coming down of the walls of Jericho. And all these things, you would think that there would not be any type of a heart in people to go back to idolatry and go back to serving idols and other gods. But evidently, here Joshua is exhorting them, now fear the Lord. You know, the fear of God, the word says, is the beginning of wisdom. I don't uh, walk around fearing God that I'm going to die and go to hell or he's going to smite me or if I happen to make a mistake, but I reverence the Lord. I have great respect and honor for uh, my heavenly Father, the Almighty God. But Joshua was telling them here, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. You know, uh, 
I don't know, something's happened to our nation, and that's what's so troubling me. It's like you can't hardly find people anymore that have a sincerity to serve the Lord, and they're hungry for truth. And then Joshua went on, and he said, And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, or put away the gods that caused the Lord to send the flood in Noah's day and wipe man off the face of the earth because that his heart had turned from God. And the Bible said his heart was on, on evil continually. So he's saying get rid of all this. Don't let this get in your spirit. Don't let it get in your homes that serve uh, on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. Egypt was a land of idolatry when the children of Israel came to Egypt and Joseph was there and he brought Jacob and all of the seed of the children of Israel down. I believe it was 76 souls that came down with Jacob just before the famine happened when Joseph was there or during the famine when Joseph was there and he was revealed to his brethren then uh they was a land of idolatry. They was a land that served many, many idols and many gods. And during the 400 years or thereabout of captivity and bondage, there was many of God's people that turned to idolatry and turned to serving gods of silver and gods of gold and gods of wood. And this is what Joshua was talking about. Put them away. Don't go back to them and serve ye the Lord. And he went on in verse 15 and said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Make a choice. Make a choice, children. It's time to make a choice what we're going to do with our lives and if we're going to serve a true and a living God because God himself is wanting to know what are you going to do. You know, when Elijah stood before all of the children of Israel on Mount Carmel and he stood against the, uh, I think it was 400 prophets of Baal and 450 that uh, eat at Jezebel's table, so about 850 false prophets and, and men that practice witchcraft and soothsaying and all kind of enchantments, they stood up against the true and the living God, and one man stood alone, and he caused all the people to come near him, and he said to them, If God be God, then serve him. If God be God, and he said to them, Why halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, then serve him. And if he be not God, then you go serve Baal. <laughs> Joshua had said the same thing here. If it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, then this day make a choice. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the Egypt or the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was a statement that Joshua made and it's become a scripture uh, uh, that's been quoted many times but I don't think people uh, <clears throat> take it that serious anymore as for me and my house he just didn't say him he said has for me and my house we will serve the Lord you know I think it was back around 
2010 or 11 that uh, I was ministering in Savannah, Georgia. And while I was ministering, the Lord spoke into my spirit. He said, tell my people, you do not worship me at home. You worship me in the sanctuary. You worship me here in church. You come together to worship me. You come together to honor me and acknowledge me. You come together as a body to gain strength and wisdom and understanding, but you serve me in your home. And I begin to preach on that, trying to get people to understand that we've got to get God back in our home. We've got to get God back in and let the Lord one more time become the atmosphere of our home. And I know I've said it on this broadcast many, many, many a time that when I grew up and I was born in 1952 and I can remember being four and five years old and my daddy pastor in a church and I can remember prayer being made in our living room I can remember my mama sitting around the easy chair or the big rocker or whatever it was in the living room with five kids around her or four kids four or five kids around her and talking about God and teaching us the Bible and the word of the Lord I can remember sickness and disease like flu and measles and mumps and chicken pots coming on us kids and mom and daddy coming in the bedroom and going to prayer. And I can remember seeing God heal all kind of childhood diseases and heal broke bones. And I had a little brother fell out of a tree when he was four years old and and broke his arm and I saw God heal that bone. It was about to break through the skin and God healed it and brought it back down in my uh, not my oldest sister, but next to my oldest sister, got her hand pulled in one of the old type ringer washing machines, uh, and it snapped her collarbone, and right there, my dad prayed the prayer of faith, uh, and God put that collarbone back together. My mom can it jelly, uh, and took the whole water bath canner. Uh, y'all remember the old big uh, blue porcelain pots and stainless pots? People used to uh, boil uh, uh, and can like that. They didn't have pressure canners, uh, but they'd boil, and that water would get scalding hot, and she dumped uh, a whole pot of water on her hand. And one day while Karen, Ken and Jelly and big blisters come up on her hand and God instantaneously when the prayer of faith was prayed dried all them blisters up except one little spot on her hand right above her thumb about the size of a diamond she asked God why did you heal it all he said to remind you of my miracle working power and she still bears that scar today but it was better than the whole hand the whole hand was blistered and blistering up and God
God healed it. The reason I'm bringing this up is because God's word in his spirit was the atmosphere of the home in that day. It wasn't just in our home. It was in other people's homes. People worshiped God in church. They honored God. They sang the praises of God with conviction. They sang and honored God in the spirit. God moved in and we worshiped and we went back to our homes. And God Almighty and His Word and the working of His Spirit was the atmosphere of the home in those days. Through the 50s and even going some into the 60s. There was great revivals in those days. Great revivals that would run 15, 20 plus thousand a night. Not just no two or three night charade and putting on night. Big revivals for two and three days. But these revivals would run three and four and five and six and seven weeks. And people would go to church and they would sing from their heart. They would sing from the very depths of their soul. I remember a man giving a testimony. Back in the 50s, he started preaching. I think back in the 40s, he was in the army. And God touched his life. And he said he was an alcoholic, raised in an orphanage when he got out. He became an alcoholic, and he was on his way to the bar one night out in the Midwest. And he went by a little, I think he said, a Nazarene church, and something spoke to him and said, go in. And he went in, and he sat down on a bench, and people were praising and singing and magnifying God. He said the lady in front of him jumped up and shouted and said, God, send the rain. Send the rain, send the rain, send the rain, send the rain. And said, when she sat down a few minutes later, said the lady behind him jumped up and started hollering, God, send the fire. Send the fire, send the fire, send the fire, send the fire. And he sat there a few minutes and he leaned over the little lady beside him. He said, ma'am, he said, I'm a little confused. She said, what's wrong, son? He said, this lady up here hollered and the rain. This is back here. Holler and send the fire. What is it y'all want? The rain or the fire? I said she jumped up and started hollering. God, send both of them. Send both of them. Send both of them. Said as I sat there, said them people was a singing and praising and magnifying God. I said I counted. They sang I'm in the glory land way. I think he said sixty seven times, and every verse got louder and faster and louder and faster and louder and faster. And he said I was feeling something I had never felt before. And he said them people shouted and sung and praised God till about nine thirty ten, maybe a little after ten. Then the preacher come out and preached and told me how sorry and low down and no good I was and preached against all my sins and said when he gave the altar call he said I jumped and run didn't know nothing about God but I run to that altar and I started crying out for God to help me he said I didn't know how to say thank you Jesus glory to God hallelujah never been in that kind of church in my life I always went to formal dead dry churches and he 
said, but all of a sudden, after about 15 or 20 minutes, I, he said, of tears I, running down my face and a cry coming out of my soul, I forgot to help me. I, he said, something lifted off of my soul. I, he said, it had, I felt so light, felt such a joy, felt such a peace. I come down in my spirit. He said, all I knew to do was jump up and down and run the aisles. I, and holler, hot dog, I got it. I, hot dog, I got it. Hot dog, I got it. I, and he said, by that time we got out of church, I, it's 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. I, that's how I was raised in services, I, where the Spirit of God brought praise. I, it brought worship. You didn't have trained musicians. I, you didn't have people putting on shows and entertaining. I, but you had people that sang I, and shouted and praised God from the depths I, of their soul and out of the integrity I, of their heart because God I, was real in their life. He wasn't a byline and he wasn't something they put on the shelf when they walked out of church. He was working of his spirit went to their homes. They kept God in their homes. They kept prayer and Bible study in their homes. They kept the atmosphere of God in their homes. And when revival broke out in local churches, people did not, they did not fight against one another. Churches didn't start revivals against one another. You know, I preached in tents for 22 years and went across this nation, across Canada, preached in tents, had great revivals, great miracles, great deliverance, but Everywhere I went, went into town, I'd go talk to preachers, try to get them to come out and back the revival. I said, souls are going to be saved. People are going to be healed and delivered, and they're going to need somewhere to go to church when I leave. Very few towns I ever got any cooperation. Most preachers go start a revival to keep people from coming to the meeting, but it didn't stop the working of the Spirit of God. But you need to understand we have got to get back God's spirit and God's atmosphere back in our homes, back into uh, our lives, uh, back into our conversation. Uh, people leave church now. It's like they put God in a box or God on a shelf and he's nowhere to be found during the week. There's no conversation about him. There's no uh, acknowledging of him. There's no prayer made in the home. Uh, you go in homes today and people say they're Christians and you can feel the most ungodly spirit you can hear. My God, the family's divided. And, uh, one's on the computer, another's on the cell phone. Kids uh, are up in the room playing CDs. Uh, ungodly music, unholy things coming uh, out of the television, coming across the computer and the cell phone. Uh, we've allowed sin uh, to creep into our homes and it's driven out the Spirit of God. Uh, it's driven out our honor for the Lord and it has brought a spirit uh, of perverseness, ungodliness, adultery, and fornication. 
multiplication uh, into our churches, into our homes, into our nation. Uh, and this is why we are in a mess. It's not our government. Uh, it's the spirit we've allowed to get in the churches. Uh, it's the spirit the preachers uh, have allowed uh, to get into the churches and quit preaching against sin and quit uh, having prayer and seeking God. Uh, I remember being in church uh, to 1030, 11, 11.30 and 12 o'clock at night. Great revivals, great conviction. Uh, and people run to the altars and wept their way through the God. Uh, that's like some kind of dead dry formal ceremony. Uh, you go down, shake the preacher's hand uh, and acknowledge you're saved and they set up uh, an appointment to baptize them. Uh, I set up many appointments to baptize people. Uh, when they got saved, I took them to the creek. Uh, I took them to the river and God changed their life. Uh, I remember a meeting in 1980 uh, in Scottsboro, Alabama. A man come under the tent. Uh, run to the altar uh, and gave his heart to God and we were about uh, a mile from the Tennessee River and we took him down at midnight or later uh, walked down the boat ramp and put him under the water uh, baptized him in the name of the Lord and he come up shouting uh, magnifying and glorifying God his sins uh, had been remitted because with godly sorrow uh, the Bible said godly sorrow uh, work with repentance it's time to get preachers uh, back into prayer and seeking God it's time to get uh, messages preached with godly conviction uh, that are going to cause godly sorrow uh, to hit people's hearts today people come in church uh, and they sit there with sin in their lives they sit there uh, adulterers and fornicators and liars and thieves uh, and they sit there boldly and defy the minister defy the word and the working of the spirit of God and they dare you uh, to address their sin uh, and they're bold in their sin and preachers uh, sidestep sin they've gotten uh, to where they won't preach against sin and cry out uh, against the evil and it's brought a spirit uh, in our nation uh, and children of God I don't know what happened uh, but all the way through the 50s, 60s uh, and 70s there was great miracle moves in this nation uh, and even as I begin to minister in the 80s and 90s, and I ministered under tents, there was still a move of revival. There was still a working of the Spirit of God. But as we moved on into the 90s and into the turn of the century, it's like something happened to this nation. It's like in a period of 30, going on 40 years, that God is no longer in our homes. God is no longer in our government. I can remember our government leaders standing up and praying before they had Congress, before they had government sessions, all the way down to the state, to the county, to the city halls. People used to open their council meetings. They used to open their legislative meetings with prayer and calling on the name of the Lord, not getting different religious leaders to come and acknowledge this God and that God. That's fine. If they want to serve their gods, that's good. But this nation 
is one nation under one God. One nation under the one true and living God and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Are you hearing me? We have one true and living God. And this nation was found on our faith and belief in God, not God's, not all these false gods and these idols and these gods of all these religions from other countries and overseas, but the one true and living God. And by His name, Jesus, it's time to take our nation back. It's time to go back to prayer. It's time to put evil out of your homes. It's time to put pornography out. It's time to put ungodly songs in literature and things that testify of other gods and other religions. Get them out of your home. Quit allowing ungodliness out. Quit allowing unholiness and unrighteousness out. Pay attention to what your kids listen to. Pay attention to what your sons and daughters are doing on their cell phones and laptops and computers. Pay attention, children of God. It's because these spirits have got in our home. It's because these spirits have stood up and we've allowed them into our home that the spirit of suicide is running rampant among our young people because when you take God out of a nation, despair comes in, desolation comes in. And as a whole, God has been taken out of our nation. It's been taken out of our government. Evil and perversion has gotten in our schools and people will not stand up in schools now. They teach your kids that homosexuality and lesbianism is okay. And now they're endorsing this transgender stuff. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's against the Word of God, it's against the Word of God, it's not right, it's evil, it's perverted, it's ungodly, it's unclean, and we need a move of God. We need a move of God in our nation in our homes, it's got to start with the home. If the home is out of order, the church is out of order. If the church is out of order, then our nation and our government is out of order. It's time to start back to prayer. I remember in 2013... I started teaching on the family altar and trying to get mamas and daddies and husbands and wives to pray together and have Bible study and nightly Bible study and prayer with their children. What has happened to us children? What has happened to the children of God? What has happened to churches? It's like all you have now is programs and got to get this one to church and that one to church and we got to add to the roster and we got to add to the congregation and it's not going to do any good to add to the congregation if people are not coming to God with godly sorrow and truly repentant. All you're doing is making two-fold childs of hell out of folks. It's wrong and we need godly sorrow to turn back. But before God's going to turn back to our churches, He's got to turn back to us in our home. This is Brother Metter and I see that our time is about gone again. I pray this word has stirred your soul. It definitely stirred mine. And I started out to preach today on a new dispensation because this is what the Lord told me. He's raising up a new generation and He's taking us into a new dispensation. And maybe I can get to it next week. Maybe I can uh, finish this out 
you next week, but we want to invite you to attend service with us at the New Testament Church at LJ, and that is located on 90 Garland Drive. It is about six and a half miles down Big Creek Road off of Highway 52. If you go out Highway 52 going toward Dawsonville, you go out there just a little way past the R.A. Apple House. Big Creek Road's on the left. When you turn, the Dollar General will be on your right. Go right at six, six and a quarter miles. There on the left is a little white church right on the corner of Garland Drive and Big Creek Road. Garland Drive is a little dirt road. There's a sign there that says New Testament Church at Ella J. And we are there on Sunday morning at 11. And we are inviting you to come pray with us. We're inviting you to come uh, worship the Lord with us. We get in and we go to prayer. And we pray until the Spirit of God moves. We might pray to 11. We might pray later. We might, uh, you know, people, uh, they, they want to start church on what they call on time. To me, time is in God's hands, and we move by the leadership of the Spirit. If you're looking for a formal church service, if you're looking for a good worship team, if you're looking for somebody that's going to sing good specials and entertain your flesh, don't come to our church because it's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in worshiping God in spirit and in truth and finding the leadership of the Holy Ghost. But if this word is being a blessing to you and if this word is touching your heart and your life and you feel like this word needs to go out, then I am encouraging every one of you that will please support this broadcast. Please help us keep this broadcast on the air and get this out over the Internet. You know, the broadcast takes finance. The Internet takes finance. The websites take finance. And we're just a small group of people, but we're doing a lot with what God is giving us. So we're asking you to stand with us and help us. If you would like to write us, write us at World Revivals, P.O. Box 1618, Conyers, that's C-O-N-Y-E-R-S, Georgia, 30012. Make your contributions out to World Revivals, it is a tax-deductible donation. We are recognized as a charity, and I pray you will let God speak to your heart to support us. We thank you for everything you're doing. Those of you that are supporting us, God bless you, and we'll see you next week at the same time.